Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wild Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk about sex and share all the sexy details of our lives in an effort to make a huge, sexy energy ball of worldwide inspiration and turn on. As always, please keep sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 24-year-old Caucasian cis male. He is pansexual, is currently in a polyamorous relationship with one partner, and is actively dating. He likes touching, sucking, and fucking, is a switch, and goes back and forth depending on his mood from dom to sub. Has recently been deliciously submissive. He really likes giving oral, and making his partner feel good is what gets him going. Currently, he works in a factory assembling furniture and working a CNC machine, but his passion is being outdoors, camping and hiking from Toronto, Ontario, currently living in the Quartha Lakes region. Welcome, Caleb! Hi, Wild. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm happy to have you here. Can you first explain to us what a CNC machine is? Because it might not be exactly what people think. So a CNC machine, CNC stands for, in the woodworking industry, it's a computer numerically controlled machine. Basically, it's just a big computer controlled like drill and saw that has a whole bunch of interchangeable bits to cut and shape pieces of wood. I love it. I feel like I would be friends with it. I also feel like I like anything that's a big drill. <laughs> it's very loud. You have to wear hair protection and not many people are allowed to touch it because it's very expensive. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's switch into things that maybe everyone else thinks is sexy, not just me. Okay. If you had to rate yourself today <laughs> on a sexual shame meter from one to 10, with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey at all, where do you fall today right now? Here with you, it's like two or three. Outside of the privacy of my bedroom, it's like a five or a six. What makes the difference for you? I think it's just the respect that not everybody out in public is interested in sexual behaviors while they're out in public. So I don't particularly open up about that until it's, you know, brought to me to talk about. Totally. It's not something that's like common conversation. I get that. Can you tell us what your sex life is like right now? And if you have any favorite parts? My sex life right now is, I'd say, pretty good. My one partner, we're pretty active. Like, I visit them, I try to visit at least once a month. And while I'm there, it's, you know, we do it a couple times. Favorite parts of my sex life? The the sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Great. Can you tell us what is sexy to you? The human body. I'm attracted to people, I guess. Like, have you ever heard of the Fibonacci sequence? Yeah. But for our listeners who haven't, tell us what part resonates with you. The Fibonacci sequence is basically a sequence of numbers and math that makes a perfect spiral. And being autistic, that perfect spiral is a very attractive figure. And, you know, you can see that in breasts, butts, pretty much anywhere on the human body. You can figure out a place to fit that Fibonacci sequence spiral. And it's beautiful. People in general are just amazing. Just the shapes and the colors. Skin is so soft. Like, touch. It is so soft. It's so good to have touches. When do you feel the most sexy? Honestly, fresh out of the shower. Uh, like, when I'm clean and know that I'm not dirty. Like, I don't have anything to worry about. There's no fear. Love that. What counts as sex for you? Physical contact. We're both naked, usually intercourse. Mm-hmm. When you were growing up, did you ever get an explicit health and safety talk or a lesson in consent? Not really. Not that I could think of. There was a point where my mom pulled me aside and said, like, you have a really high sex drive and you got to take care of that. But there wasn't really much besides that. The lesson in consent, no, there was nothing that I can think of, really. Like, there was sex ed in, like, middle and high school, but there was no real, like, clear lesson in consent. 
I really wish there was, and there there should be if there isn't in all schools everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everyone needs to learn consent before they become of age to have sex and start experimenting. Yeah. It's a whole different way of relating. Yeah. You need permission to contact someone else's body. Yeah. How did your mom know you had a high sex drive? Probably because I would touch myself in the bath uh-huh. as a child, and I didn't know what I was doing, but they would walk in on it, and yeah. like my parents bathed me as a kid, so you know, that's what you do. You explore yourself. I love that she wasn't shamey about it. I love that she just told you. My dad was more shamey, okay. I think. My dad grew up Catholic, and he didn't have a great relationship with his parents, so I think that some of the trauma that he had led down onto his kids. I was spanked uh, as punishment. So that's not something that I'm particularly into. I'm sure if I was ever put into a BDSM situation with someone that I trust and it was done in safe with, you know, consensual conversations done beforehand, I'm sure that my mind might change. But right now, you know, thinking about it gets my hands shaking. Yeah. On the other end of that spectrum, is there a moment that you have experienced where there has been a clear communication between you and a partner about something you both wanted that turned out awesome that you could share with us? <laughs> Absolutely. I was in a relationship last year, and my partner and I were staying in the same space together. We slept in the same bed, and there was one morning where I woke up, and they woke up before me, a couple hours before me, left me to sleep in the bed. And when they were, you know, sitting around, they got horny and woke me up and asked me if they could suck my dick, to which I said, yes, very much, please. <laughs> and I think that's the best blowjob I've ever had. Amazing. And it's one of the very few that I've actually had an orgasm from. It's hard to have an orgasm from a blowjob for me, personally. Wow. Yeah. That's extra awesome. And can you tell us now what, if anything, happens to your shame-a-meter when it's time to have a safer sex conversation with a new partner? Thanks for listening to your show. It's helped a lot. Is like having the terminology and knowing how to talk about it definitely helps. Being polyamorous, I have partners that I can just talk about safe sex with. This past weekend, I actually watched on Netflix the show Sex Slash Life. There's a lot of unhealthy behaviors in it. However, because me and my partners watched it as a group, Mm -hmm. um, we got to discuss a lot of the unhealthy behaviors we were witnessing, like, while it was happening. And we were just, like, openly talking about all this, like, sex behavior during this show. It was amazing. I love that. Yeah, that's like a dream polycule. I love that. Great. Okay, and then just lastly, what is your favorite way specifically for that ideal sex conversation to unfold, just so we can make an example for a future human to learn? Ideally, in person. Because it's not the kind of thing that's best done over text. Over text is actually pretty poor to do it because like, the tone of voice is important. And it's better to get the facial expression of someone to better understand their reaction about what you're talking about. And a big part about safe sex conversations is if the person's not willing to talk about it or not comfortable about talking with it but they may not be a right partner for you yeah if they're not willing to have that conversation then you can't trust them totally i will just say the people who were the most reticent in the conversations were the people where i had issues (laughs) personally yeah if they're not willing to be safe in the most intimate thing you can do with them then how can you trust them anywhere else in your life great i'm glad that you are taking your safety seriously and your partner's safety Yeah, getting to know someone and going on dates beforehand helps with that because you can get a better understanding of how the person talks and who they really are. Yeah. Are you more of a dater or do you also do direct to fucking? I like to date a little bit first. There's been fewer situations where I fuck first than there have been where I go on dates first. 
it has happened. But so now we're going to go back into your early formative years. What is your first sex-related memory or experience or impression that you can recall? Well, being told not to touch myself in the bath mm. while I was like really young is probably the earliest I can think of. Next to that, I remember there's one room in my parents' old house where uh, I spent a good portion of my childhood. I grew up in a family of five, so I have a younger brother and younger sister. Mm -hmm. And we slipped, flopped around rooms when we, as we got older. I had my own room at one point and a loft bed. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember that was where I had my first orgasm. Okay. Do you remember how old you were? It must have been like 11 or something, I think. I remember laying in bed, like touching myself all over until eventually there was a mess. But it was like amazing. And it was like something that I wanted to keep doing. Okay. Did the message you got about not touching yourself affect that desire at all? Or was it sort of like, huh? It was more so like something that isn't supposed to be done around people. It's not like something that people want to see. So give it to yourself. Okay. And then like, when did you start to really feel like you understood what sex was? Probably shortly after that when I discovered porn. Okay. How did you discover porn? It's tough to think about because I don't really know when I discovered porn. It's just there at some point. Okay. So it just enters your periphery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every memory stays. It's almost embarrassing. But like, I know that at a young age, I wanted to find like escorts, like try to find people to pay to have sex. But being underage, that's not something that's even possible yeah. like, that you can even do legally. Yeah. So it never ended up happening. But I know that I looked it up and did research about it. I knew that I wanted to pleasure like females. My dad was straight and he had a wife. So that's kind of what I figured that I was supposed to do. I definitely did lots of research on how to give women orgasms and female pleasure. And that probably led to a lot of finding porn and learning about that. Yeah. My very first email with my name and last name, my dad deleted like from Google. I can no longer get that email back. What? Because one day he signed into it and in the spam folder, there was so much porn that he was like, this is unacceptable. You're not allowed to have an email account and deleted my email. Oh, man. To which I later found out that my dad also had a, a porn addiction. I found this out from my mom. That was when I was probably 15 or 16. I can't picture it. I don't know how that worked. Because, like, we had computers in our house, but I never found magazines. I never found videos or anything. Like, he must have known how to clear his history or something. Mm. Or I don't know. I don't really think about it much. Yeah. But yeah. my mom told me he was addicted to porn, so. There must have been some issue between them about that. My mom was very Christian. I okay. told you my dad is Catholic. Yeah. So growing up, I was, I don't want to say forced, but they took me to church. And a lot of time I'd stay up late on Saturday night, sleep in Sunday morning or want to sleep in. And I wouldn't get up in time to go to church and I wouldn't want to go. So it was a fight. I'm sure you've heard because lots of people in this have had religious parents. Part of Christianity is like no sex before marriage. Anything sexual before marriage is a sin, and if you sin, you'll go to hell. That whole Jesus forgives, ask for forgiveness kind of thing. Yeah. Make sure you go to church and pray and do as much as you can to be like God and all that stuff. Like, that was ground into me as a kid. So, like, I think that part of my shame comes from that. Okay, so it did, it stuck on you. Like, there was a part of you yeah, that believed it? Yeah. Okay. Bummer. Okay. Hearing that your dad was addicted, did that affect your relationship with porn at all? Not really. I, I still use it when I'm on my own if I need to. Okay. 
we have kind of, it sounds conservative-ish. Did you have a lot of more religious friends or was it kind of open? Because Toronto people overall seem pretty cool. I've only talked to a handful of you, but like, it seems pretty cool. We are, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I would think anyway. From junior kindergarten till grade three, I went to a private Christian school. Okay. And then in grade four to grade eight, I changed schools to another private Christian school. Okay. Where I had Bible class like once or twice a week. Sex ed was mostly anatomy based. Okay. It wasn't like pleasure based. It was like protect yourself. These are the parts. Here's how it works. Stay safe and remember that you can't have sex until you're married. Wow. Okay. Were you still masturbating? Like, were they okay with masturbation or were you kind of just doing it anyway because it felt so good? Or like, what was that like? I was probably doing it anyway just because, you know, I was a horny teenager. Yeah. And honestly, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the people in my school were. I'm sure that everybody was at some age. I hope so. I don't know. I talked to a lot of people that didn't start until maybe their 20s or sometimes until, even yeah, though. Yeah, it just true. depends. Well, but now the internet. Yeah. You're younger than me too. So like now there's the internet. Yeah, so. yeah. That's true. The internet's everywhere. And like kids are handed phones out of the womb these days. So <laughs> So what about your explorations with partners before losing your virginity? Did you have contact with others before then? So on my mom's side, my grandparents met at a Christian summer camp um, okay. that started back in like the 1940s. And then my mom, when she was had, she was sent to the summer camp as a camper and then as eventually worked there as staff. I worked there as well, as well as was a camper there. Now, the way that the camp worked was they had a discovery camp, ages 4 to 10, and then boys camp, girls camp, which is 11 to 16. Hmm. So they kept the boys and the girls separate across like a couple acres of property. So the girls side of camp had a zip line. The boys side of camp had a slide into the lake. And once a week, each section of the boys camp would go over and use the zip line at girls camp. And once or twice a week, the girls would come over and use the slide at boys camp. So... You know, we'd get this like little tease of like, oh, hey, there's the other, there's the other sex and everybody, they're, they're coming over and you get to like, get like a little sneak peek. Like there's other people around. Now I was a staff and as a staff, you know, the staff show up early in the summer. I'd show up during spring crew and help set up and then work over the summer until the end of the summer when school started or whatever. I met all sorts of people during spring crew and relationships build and develop. I think that was the first real most important intimate relationship I had was with someone at camp. It was not a healthy relationship, but it was intimate. And we had a lot of fun with the intimates we had. The first time I ever went down on someone, it was interesting because she didn't shave. I've never seen pubes that long before. Oh, a proper bush. I've never seen pubes that long since as well. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of pubes. It wasn't a bad thing because like (laughs) I was getting pussy. Yeah, it's just um, not what you see in porn usually. It was not what I see in porn. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, like she didn't trim or shave or anything. And it looked like she hadn't ever. And it was quite the experience. I would have been 19. That wasn't my first experience with a vagina, but it was um, my first like longer term experience with one person. Okay. Because it was over the course of like the spring and summer. It was a few months. I had a girlfriend before, but like I think I saw her four times and I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I don't remember it much. It was not a good relationship. Mm, okay. Yeah, so camp. It kind of gave me an opportunity to experiment with what I had learned on the internet. And I think she had a good time, as far as I could tell anyways, considering how it kept happening. Okay, (laughs) that's a good indication. (laughs) We wrote notes back and forth to each other, and it was 
steamy because like the way the camp worked was like you'd write handwritten notes and then deliver them to the office and then someone would bring them back and forth deliver them by hand <gasps> at meals when someone would write you notes you'd get them at like breakfast or something and if it was like from girls camp everyone would be like "Ooh, you got a girl i'd get those notes and get all the attention and then get to read them and <laughs> yeah it was fun that's awesome I, I love having like messengers delivering love notes that's so romantic Okay, so what was the next part of your unfolding sexually? And did that ever include oral for you? I think it did, but because she didn't have much experience, it wasn't great. Okay. I don't think she did too much oral on me because she wasn't really into giving oral. Yeah. She didn't really like it, so I was like, that's fine, whatever. But um, lots of hands stuff. Okay. After that, the summer of that relationship was the summer before my college started. When I went to college, I moved away from camp, as everybody does, in the summer. I lived at the res, is what it was called. I guess it's school housing. And that's where I met my first longer-term partner. However, she wouldn't have sex with me. I was a virgin. And I told her this. And she said, you can come back and we can have sex once you've had sex with someone else. And learn. She said that to you? Yeah, yeah. I had people say that to me, too. It was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And, like, I was really attracted to her. I was like, I want to do this. So I think 2017, the start of winter 2017, there was this camp meetup. And I think I was talking to a couple people at the time. I've always been talking to, like, more than one person at a time. And I've never really identified as polyamorous until pretty recently. Yeah. When I started dating someone else that's also poly. And they taught me a lot of this stuff. I've always been interested in talking to multiple people at once because, like, why not? Yeah, I get it. So I was talking to someone from camp who actually was a friend of mine's sister. Like someone from camp that I was really close with. It was his sister. And I think she was like a year or two younger than me. Her and I started talking. We got close. And I spent the night at her house sometime, I think, around Christmas or something. And I was staying in her brother's room. And she texted me to, like, sneak into her room. And she uh, got on top of me and was grinding on. There was no, like, penetration or anything. But that was my first, like, skin-on-skin -skin contact. That's, that is some of my favorites. That's amazing. She was so wet, just rubbing on my cock. It was only, like, a couple minutes. And then she, like, sent me back to her brother's room. It was so much fun. The whole thing with her house was, like, her parents, they could hear everything. I was blown away about how much they could hear. Like, they could hear, like, the door opening and the sound of footsteps on the carpet. Oh, wow. Over the air conditioning. I was like, no, there's no way they can hear this. And she was like, yes, I can't sneak out and do anything. But yeah, so that happened around Christmas, and then come the next year, I went back and met up with the girl that I'd met the previous fall, mm -hmm. and told her that I had had sex, when I, I hadn't really, I just thought I had, I thought that's what sex was, kind of. It's one definition. It was enough for me. Yeah. And her and I hooked up, and she told me that it, she could tell that it was my first time, and that I hadn't done it before. Oh, but did she tell you how? How she knew? Like, did she give you actual instruction, or just sort of criticize you? She just sort of criticized oh, me and said, like, okay. it wasn't that good. That's a bummer. However, okay. it was good enough for her to keep coming back for more. Okay. How was that for you? Well, I'm well endowed, as I've heard other people say. Size doesn't matter. It's more so how you use it. It is the most important thing. Size is good, and it depends. Everybody has preferences. So that's what I've learned. Yep. Because, like, I've used the cock ring before, but the one that I had was almost too tight. Okay, yeah. Or too small, and it almost hurt to leave on. I'm hard eight to eight and a half and soft like three to four but yeah so she ended up liking the sex so i guess she came back for more and that relationship ended up 
being sort of on and off for like okay. nearly three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I met her 2017 and we were hooking up through college and then like we dated and broke up and dated and broke up and she cheated on me once or twice. I ended up moving in with her and living with her for a full year. What was your sex like? Did it get better? Was there more of it? Did you have fun? Did you learn stuff? The sex was good. Yeah, actually, I would visit her. I would borrow my mom's car and I would drive up to her because she was like an hour away. Okay. I would take my parents' car, drive up to her at like midnight when my parents were asleep. <laughs> We'd have sex and cuddle and have an energy drink and watch a TV show or something, take a bath. And then I would drive back home. Throw oh like 10 gosh. or 20 bucks in my parents' car and take it asleep for an hour and pretend like nothing ever happened. I don't think my parents knew I was doing it. That is such an extreme version of sneaking out. Also, I can't believe you didn't sleep very much, but that's great and very hot. Okay. Yeah, until eventually I moved in with her and then like the sex was pretty regular. She was on antidepressants that really messed with her sensitivity and her sex drive. I ended up buying a magic wand. And that thing is powerful. It sure is. Wow. Yeah. I've had hands-free orgasms with that thing. You have? How? Where do you yeah. where do you put it? What do you what do you do with it? I would basically leave it on the underside of my dick, uh -huh. like right near the head. Yeah. And just basically leave it there until I would come. Like not touching it or do you hold it? I would hold it there. Do you hold it with like pressure from the top or do you like just hold it in place? I would lay on my back and kind of put the magic wand vertically, like parallel to my penis. Okay. And put the vibrating end on the underside of my dick hot okay so here's a question when you come like that does it just spurt straight up or do you aim it or do you try to catch it it shoots straight up that's so cool have you captured that in slow-mo not yet but that's partially because i didn't have a good enough camera and haven't thought to but now you do and also she kept the magic wand oh okay so when did this relationship end? in 2020 you said i moved in with her in 2020 around april and lived with her until 2021, around April. So while you were together, were you dating anyone else? Like, did you ever fuck other people? Were you polyamorous then, or is that a more recent development? No, no. At the time, I was pretty monogamous. She had borderline personality disorder. And because of that, had a lot of, like, flips, like, trust issues. Like, she would spontaneously accuse me of cheating simply if, because i was like out to, for too long if i was going to get groceries or going to get gas or something she'd be like are you cheating on me it's like no yeah. like, how would i even do that she would go through my phone paranoid that i, I was talking to other people mm. i think she was paranoid that i was going to leave her she had commitment issues anxious attachment style i get that yeah i have abandonment stuff just to be really clear and normalize that every new person i'm like you're gonna leave soon too yeah i'm gonna explode you you know and then that actualizes it half the time okay wow that sounds really really tough especially for a first big relationship it was difficult yeah and like i was in love with her at the time so i took care of her and did what i could to help in any way that i could like i wanted it to be easier but the, the sex anyway the sex was good she was a squirter okay i got her to squirt a lot that's part of the thing that i was researching as a child and like part of the reason that my dad deleted my email because i had all these like here's how to get people to squirt like use this technique like yeah learn this thing here on the internet like there are techniques and stuff but a lot of it's just paying attention to each person you're with yeah can you say a little bit more about that have you noticed differences in other partners my partner that i'm currently with also squirts and she likes deeper rougher sex but i found that using kind of my two like my middle finger and my ring finger and kind of using a come here motion 
um, while fingering her, like my, putting my fingers in and out and using the come here, kind of to finger her, her G-spot, I think it is, using my thumb on her clit, gets her to just absolutely fill my hand with juice. Like So cool. Like, she knows that she squirts, and we have to put a towel down every time to keep the bedroom getting soaked. Yeah. We have yet to invest in one of the waterproof bed covers. They should They're all just cheap. be waterproof. They're not cheap. I know, I know. All the sex, all the stuff to have, like, good, really convenient, nice sex is kind of expensive. I feel you. But towels are good in the meantime to soak it all up. When did you realize that you were into pleasing your other partners? Like, when was that, like, a conscious thing for you? I don't know. Like, as a young adult, I was always into the female orgasm and getting my partner to come. Because, like, that's what's hot. Like, if I can get you to come so much that you want to please me, then that's that's the thing that I want to do. If you're having such a good time that you want to please me, then I'm happy. That's amazing. Okay, and then when it comes to you being pleased, what do you like? What really feels good? Assuming that someone's just focused on your cock, maybe with mouths, maybe with hands, like what do you like to receive from partners? So definitely the tip is more sensitive. I am circumcised, so that when I'm hard, like the skin around my penis is what I use to like jerk off. The top like thumb and finger, yeah, like basically go over the tip just a little bit, and the rest of it is holding the skin, and the skin is moving along the shaft. If I'm dry, not using lube. Yeah. I don't use lube often because, like, it's cleanup. And yeah. the less cleanup you have to do afterwards, the easier it is to relax into okay. the organ. I'm going to be honest. I'm not confident when it comes to dry-handed hand jobs. I do like to have a, a new penis-owning partner, like, show me how they do it or use my hand if it's as if it's theirs. Mm -hmm. But because I have no... I mean, I don't know. I just panic about it. Maybe you I don't have the feel for it. I don't have not, feedback. It's I don't not have your any, body. It's yeah. not my body. Yeah. I don't have any feedback. And I've had so many partners that just sit there silently or don't give feedback. And they're like, okay, you can stop now. Like that was a lot of my form of experiences. So I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I've been working on talking about what feels good when I'm with my current partners. It's been tough to talk about what feels good, especially in the moment. Okay, that was my question. Do you talk about it with your partners? And then do you show them how to do dry hand jobs or do you usually get lube with them or do they just go straight to mouths because that's what i no, always my, par do. my current partner doesn't actually give me any hand job like a lot of it starts with over the clothing and then clothes come off and we go straight into a blowjob yeah because i'm not confident with hand jobs i'll often turn it into like dry humping or grinding or i'll, I'll do a lot of play i love hand jobs like i i almost like them better than blowjobs i want to get better because like as good as a blowjob is like everyone does it differently yeah. and it's not always good like because the tip of my dick is so sensitive, like, I almost prefer, like, more focus of the tip. Mm. And mm -hmm. if you like deep throating and you deep throat me, it's not always going to feel good for me. I get it. I do like giving oral. I haven't given a blowjob yet. So I will get back to you about that when that happens, I'm sure. With the right person, it will happen. However, giving oral to female-bodied people is absolutely amazing. Being able to kiss down someone's body and tease around their clit and around their vagina until they're basically begging for more. And then to give them that initial contact forces them to take a deep breath because it's so much stimulation. It's so satisfying. And I just love the way that like the vagina, like people's vagina smells and tastes. Mm -hmm. It's like so sweet and floral and like everyone's different in their own little way. And yeah, it's just amazing. Okay, so have you done any anal explorations in either direction? <laughs> just this weekend, my <gasps> first experience. Um, oh, either direction. Yeah, yes, before receiving. Okay. However, giving anal was my first time this weekend with my partner. Wonderful. Okay, tell us about this weekend. It's so fresh. 
This weekend is so fresh. So my prior visit, I told my partner I wanted to take her ass. And she was like, okay, I'm not really ready yet. So this time when I visited, because I had a couple days there, she was like, okay, we'll, we'll try this. She bought lube prior and already has a handful of toys. I started by playing with her pussy a little bit and warming her up. I tried to give her an orgasm before we actually started doing anal, warming her up and like playing with her clit and playing with her pussy a little bit. Once she was warmed up, she uh, got on her knees and the bottle of lube we had wasn't working well. It was one of those like squirt bottles where you like you pump it to squirt it out. Oh, and it has yeah. like a, a long like straw. So you put it in and it wasn't working well because <sighs> it was the first time we'd use it. That's so annoying. It's kind of annoying, but there was enough. I started with a finger and a smaller toy until she was ready for the next toy. Mm-hmm. The next toy she had was actually too big. She has like a, like I think an eight or a 10 inch dildo that has no flared bait. So I was just kind of holding it. I can take it in my ass, but she couldn't, okay. at least at the time. Her ass is really tight. Maybe it was just because it was the first time in a long time that she'd done that. After doing the small toy, she said, uh, just put it in. And I had a condom on and I lubed up myself and I fucked her ass. I don't want to say it wasn't good but it wasn't bad. Okay. What was interesting was being able to like finger her while I was fucking her ass and feel my dick in her ass through her pussy. Isn't that so cool? It was so cool. So yeah. cool. Did you tell her that you could feel it? Yeah, I think I did. So I don't remember. Cool. It was, there was so much happening. I didn't actually end up coming from that. Um, just because like there was so much happening. It's it was, a lot of like, new. It's a lot of new. Yeah. Stuff. It was a lot of new. Yeah. yeah. How was it for her? Yeah. She said she liked it. Was it new for her too? No, she'd done it once or twice before. Okay. We hadn't talked about it much. I haven't talked about her previous anal experiences with her yet, but that's, you know, to be brought up in the future. Totally. Well, I feel like also unless someone's like, hi, I'm a butt slut, then it's probably somewhere in between. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you want to put it in my ass? She's had some pretty abusive partners in the past, so some things are hard to talk about, and that's probably why it hasn't come up. Yeah, sometimes assholes just need a little tender, loving care to get met by a nice new human. (laughs) As for me, though, I've had all kinds of things in my ass. When I was a kid, I was curious and I'd put things in. Yeah. Because, like, it's a hole and it feels good. Totally. So not knowing really what to properly put in there, I've done, like, pencils and pens and, like, tampons and things. Look, if they don't teach us in kindergarten, what are we going to do? We're going to get creative. Some of the ones that I'm probably most shameful about, I sat on a plunger, a wooden-handled plunger. (sighs) Yeah, it wasn't a great idea. Currently, I have like a handful of the steel butt plugs okay, and a prostate toy, silicone toy that I, I don't use often, but it's there. Okay. My partner has a strap on that she just fucked my ass with. And that's fun. <gasps> okay. Is that a regular occurrence? Not regular. It's, it's happened, I think, two or three times now. How do you like to be warmed up? Definitely like have my dick played with a little bit. And she ate my ass last time I was there. And it was good. It's not something that I had done before, but it was good. I think I need to try it a couple more times in order to get a better understanding of it. I was going to say, were you able to relax enough to even feel Because I think the first several times for me, I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, like I was so nervous. Yeah, I definitely think I need to try it again and be more relaxed because it was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a partner that was like really into it. So there was no fear on my part of like, what if they don't like it? It was yeah, just like. And I, I haven't okay. been with someone that's been really into it. Like my partner now like is into it, but not like. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Cool. Do you fuck yourself in the ass as part of your like masturbation on the regular? Or is it more for special occasions or what do you? Not do? on the regular, but sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Once again, it's one of those things that like it takes a little bit of prep and cleanup afterwards. That makes sense. So if I have the patience and the time to, then yeah. I will. 
Do you ever do it without stimulating your cock? Like, have you done any of the like kind of hands-free explorations up the butt, or is that something you're you'll get I to have, in divine? Yeah. Okay, you have. Yeah, I have. Ooh, tell yeah. us, tell us. Yeah, my parents sold their house recently. However, in the old house, I would lay a towel down and I would usually put like a latex glove on or something, and just kind of finger around to feel like where my prostate is and see what's up there. And like, yeah, I did try to have like a prostate orgasm just by doing that, but. I don't know if it's something I can have or if it's something that I just haven't been patient enough to have, but maybe it's in the future. Who knows? We don't need to rush to find out. We don't need just to rush to find out. Just keep exploring at your own divine pace, okay? <laughs> have we missed any formative experiences yet? I want to get more details about your desires, but like any partners or any kind of like locations or places? I've snuck a couple people into camp. Like I had a relationship at camp at one point. However, I think either the previous or the next summer, I was working either as maintenance or kitchen staff. I either matched with someone on Bumble, Facebook dating, or Tinder before I was banned from Tinder. Why'd you get banned? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Probably because enough people reported my profile for having something that shouldn't be there. I don't know. Oh. I didn't realize their naked laws are pretty strict. Like, you can't show yeah, up. I think yeah. I showed a bare back or something. It's pretty, like, explicit that people are on there for relationships. But, like, once you meet up with the person, it's not exactly exactly always a relationship thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I think your profile can't have anything, like, sexually explicit in it. So okay. Yeah. That's probably why I got banned. Okay. So we digressed because you were telling us about summer camp and sneaking people in. <laughs> have you ever had car sex? I have. My first experience having sex in a car was in a Volkswagen Beetle. Small, front or back? In the back was the first time. It was tight and we spilled the lube on the floor and there wasn't enough. She wasn't into it, so she wasn't at all wet because there wasn't enough lube and she wasn't wet. I couldn't even get my dick in. Like the condom, like it just stuck halfway yeah, and she yeah. was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Neither of us finished. It wasn't yeah. working well. I will say... A Volkswagen sex car, and also, if you have a large cock, you do need the lady to be super wet or lubed up. Like, you can't really get away with it. I've definitely gotten some small cocks in there, and then, like, the juices start flowing. But, like, for the big ones, I don't know. You need, it's got to have some help to get in. Was that at the camp? Was that the sneaking story? <laughs> that was someone that I had snuck into camp at some point, and we decided to have another experience where we drove out into, like, a private parking lot somewhere way up north and you know tried that nice the partner that i was with this past 2021 fall i still had the beetle this past fall I, i've sold it since and bought a 2010 route 4 which is much better for sex in however i have not had that in it yet 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 there was a time in the beetle where my partner and i i think we just wanted to go for a drive we went for a drive and parked by the river and we started having a conversation, turned on some music, turned off the lights, and then she climbed over into the driver's seat and started taking my clothes off. <gasps> and I think we were about to have sex when she had like an anxiety attack and had to stop because she had a flashback of a previous time when she was having sex in a car and got caught. Oh, wow. Okay. We've got some car almost, but hopefully your new car, <laughs> that's going to be a great sex car. Oh, yeah. I'm certainly hoping. Okay, now I would love to hear some turn-ons or turn-offs that we haven't gotten to yet. I really like making out. However, a bad kisser or someone that doesn't kiss the same style as me yeah. is a turn-off. Yeah, if you don't kiss well, it's going to be a turn-off. 
or like we're gonna have to have a conversation about it yeah what do you say like my current partner used to use a lot of tongue the way that she does it it's not my style it's almost too much mm-hmm. and i've told her and she's been pretty good about not you know eating my face like licking my teeth and stuff it's a sensory overload sometimes like having the roof of my mouth licked like a little bit of tongue is okay yeah how are you with when people like lick your ears i like my ears licked and okay. kissed i cool. really like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, like, like moaning is also a good turn on like if i can hear that you are enjoying what i'm doing and like if i can hear it in your breathing that what i'm doing is causing a positive reaction in you then you know that's going to be a turn on for me obviously like physical touch is a turn on like when it comes to like more detailed physical touch like i like my nipples played with that's for sure i really like massages like if you can give me a good back massage before we have sex like it'll be a completely different experience for me anyway i will definitely return the favor if not start with that myself that's awesome i feel like one of the sad things about physical education in all schools of course they don't teach us massage but wouldn't it be amazing if they taught us all massage because we would actually learn about our bodies the muscles how to take care of them and then we'd all be able to like touch each other intelligently Going to a chiropractor is expensive. Yeah. And even then, they don't teach yes. you anything. They just they just do it to you. Mine does, actually. I ask him a million questions and he tells me everything. <laughs> so does mine, but I'm able to see him and I probably should go sometime. Yeah. yeah. Soon. Yeah. I have benefits with my work currently, so I have coverage for that. So. And you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. So physical touch, what else? Or are there any specific types of physical touch that are maybe even not on the most sexiest normal parts? But also we haven't heard about your balls yet. (laughs) Yeah, the backs of my legs are sensitive. Like because I do a lot of standing and walking at work and even driving, like I drive a lot. Okay. My calves are like usually pretty sore or tight. So if you're massaging my back and you go into my legs, it might even be painful for me. But I do like a foot massage. It's just my feet are really ticklish. Always or does it go away sometimes? No, always. Like, the lightest touches are really ticklish. Yeah. Do you enjoy tickles, or is that, like, no for you? It's not something that I can do with sex-related. Like, it's more like a playful thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It gets so overwhelming that if I'm, like, legit being tickled... Yeah, tickling is almost a turn-off thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do one or the other, not both. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bringing in, like, a feather or something like that. Okay, that's what I was saying. How are you with light touches? Yeah, I like light touches. Okay. Yeah. What other touches do you not like, and then tell us what touches you like in terms of sensation? I mean, like, forceful grabbing. Anything that that isn't consensual, really. Mm, Yeah. Part of my autism is, like, I'm very sensitive to physical touch. Mm -hmm. So, like, my partner and I, we had a bit of an argument the other day. The disagreement we had caused me to be in a place where I was like, please don't touch me right now. I don't want to be touched by anything. I get that. But, like, normally I'm, like, a a person that, like, loves hugs. I love touch. It's just, like, when I'm in a bad mood, it's, like, not something that I can report stimulating. Totally understand that. I'm observing in your responses something I also experience, which is how different my physical sensory experience is depending on my mood slash relationship with the person. So like I heard you talk about in a situation where there had been like a back and forth between the person where there was like a, I call them explosions, (laughs) like an interpersonal difficulty maybe. And then sometimes for me, it changes like the actual, if they did touch me, it changes the way it literally feels to me. Does that, is that what you're describing? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. It, it can be kind of, like, sharp or shocking. Yeah. Like, it makes me want to, like, pull back. Yeah. I would love to hear some other sensations that you experience maybe as a submissive. You've said you've been feeling pretty submissive lately. I'd love to hear you talk about power exchange eventually, but first start with the sensations that your submissive self, like, wants to receive. It's been a long time since I've been tied up. Um, my partner of, like, a couple of years that I told you about. Mm-hmm. I've been into camping for a while, 
And I went to school for camping. I haven't slept in a tent in a long time. I only sleep in hammocks when I go camping. Hammocking is a one-person thing. However, the way that I hammock is we use, like, quick clip-in straps. Now, these straps, they're basically a simple knot that wraps around a tree and then the strap goes through itself. You can use that same knot to attach these straps to a person's hands and wrists and ankles. So I set these straps up on the bed that we had, and we tied each other's wrists and ankles to the bed and did that at one point. And I, I want to do that again. That was fun. Just kind of some, like, restraint to play, I guess. Yeah. I've never used handcuffs, but it was similar to handcuffs if they were, like, for individual wrists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being tied down and teased and touched and, like, denied orgasm almost. Oh. There's touches that I don't know that I, I want that I haven't had yet. I know that feeling. I have a long bucket list. I'm trying to figure out how to organize. And there's <laughs> so many types of touches I want to experience and just, like, scenarios around touches. There's a club in Toronto called the Oasis Aqua Lounge. I have heard of it. My polycule and I have wanted to go there mm-hmm. recently. You've heard about it, so you know it's like a uh, sex club, basically. A clothing optional lounge where Love people that. can go to have sex and be watched and pass around partners if they so choose, openly. And, you know, it's a place to talk about sex comfortably. There's a bar and a pool. I think the building has, itself has four floors, one of which is, like, specifically designed for, like, kinky stuff. with like, a whole dungeon room. One room has the back of a van, and there's another room with just, like, chairs and couches and beds and stuff. I haven't been, but I've seen little bits of video and pictures here and there, and I want to go so much. Oh, that's great. That's super great. You mentioned your polycule. I would love to hear whatever you can share about its makeup and or how it affects your sex life. Yeah, so our polycule, me and my current, I guess I could say girlfriend, are dating, and she lives with another couple who she also plays with on occasion. And they're very sexual. Like, that couple plays with each other. They're just, like, openly. Like, I've walked out to them getting a blowjob mm. just in the living room. And it's oh. like, oh, hey, cool. My first threesome was actually a couple weeks ago with one of them. The penis-owning partner, let's call them S. Okay. And my current partner, A. Okay. The three of us hooked up. She was sucking their dick while I fucked her. And it was fun. It was an introduction. What would you want to do for your next one? I don't know. I'm still getting comfortable with other male-bodied humans. Mm -hmm. Growing up with Christian-influenced parents, I've had a lot of homophobia ground into me. And my dad is very homophobic. Oh, okay. Like, I can't even visit my parents without my dad making a homophobic remark when, like, I am actively with male partners. Yeah. So, like, I can't really talk about it with them. And I don't know what I'd do if they heard this because I'm not going to send it to them. But uh, it would be an interesting conversation. I was going to say, you never know. People have some really flexible minds once they find out people they love are one of those things that they were criticizing. Yeah, I know. Because of the homophobia that I've had grown into me over the years, I'm still developing a comfort level with male-bodied humans. Yeah. I did have an early gay experience where I think when I was 17, I met someone from Whisper. Have you heard of Whisper? I'm trying to remember what it is. Tell me. Whisper is like an anonymous app on your phone where you can basically like post what you want under any username you want, identifying as whatever gender you want and whatever age group you want. It doesn't have to be accurate. You can choose it. Okay. I was in high school at the time, I think, like like late high school. I think my first relationship had ended the previous summer. It was the short one. Mm -hmm. I only met her four times. And then my phone got stolen, so I was, like, going through a time of, like, I guess, trauma recovery. Yeah. And 
was questioning things, probably because I was playing with my ass at the time or something, and decided to meet up with someone from online out of the blue at my parents' house while they were away. (gasps) Yeah, so this man was in his 50s. I invited him over, and my parents' dogs were not happy with this. They freaked out at this guy. Oh, man. Basically, I invited him over. It was just me. He came over, gave me a bit of a massage. It was not a great massage. And then he ended up sucking me a little bit and jerking me off. And when he asked if I wanted to touch him, I was like, I'm not really comfortable. And he jerked himself off into a paper towel and then left. How was that for you? How was it? Did you like, how was it to have another mouth? It was really good head. Great. But, um, it was just the fact that he was like 30 years older than me. Totally. It was too old. Okay. But a fun exploration. But it was a good initial experience, I guess. It was very positive and friendly. Like it didn't make me uncomfortable in any way or wasn't trying to it at least as far as I could tell. Years later, and plenty of female-bodied experiences down the line, my partner of last fall had a friend who I connected with post-breakup. He is gay, and I ended up connecting with him. We became pretty good friends to the point where we ended up touching each other's penises. Nice! Yeah. In January this year, yeah, I was staying at my parents' place in Toronto because my ex had kicked me out of her apartment Okay. I had to live with my parents in between finding a place of my own and living with her. Yeah. And he lived in Toronto. So, you know, while I was living with my parents, I was like, I need to hang out with someone. I'm bored. I need a friend. Ended up hanging out with him. He's my age. He's 23 or 24, I think. He knows what he's doing and he has a decently sized dick. It was a good time. I went over to his place and laid down in his bed and he slid my sweatpants down and sucked me a little bit. And then eventually I uh, got the confidence to be like, hey, can I touch you? And he took his pants off and I started touching him. And then we were jerking each other off. I came twice before he came once. Hot. Wow. He didn't come. Kept jerking me off until he came. And then I came a second time. And then I got him to come. Amazing. And that's, that's a first for me. That's amazing. Oh, congratulations. I haven't come twice with one hand job. Wow. From someone else, anyways. We were, like, laying down, like, shoulder to shoulder. We made out a little bit beforehand. That's the first time I kissed a guy, and it was comfortable because he was really attractive. Did he have any facial hair? He had a little bit at the time. It was almost soft. Like, not quite, like, five o'clock shadow, like, rough. Yeah. Sharp. It was, it was like, a soft facial hair. Totally. Cool. I love it. Because, like, my first description when I kissed a girl was, like, she's so soft, too. It's just funny to, like... It's the same, but it's different, but it's the same. (laughs) People are just soft. People are soft. Yes. Okay. So, so many good, good details. Is there anything else that your body like loves or has experienced that you love that we haven't covered yet? I like kissing all over. Yeah. I just like lots of physical contact. Like skin contact is is really comfortable. Yeah. I like cuddling and just being held. Oh my gosh. Me too. Me too. I think like cuddling after sex is so nice. Like oh. when you're in that like, like that that sweaty come down from the orgasm, and you're just like close to your partner, naked. Yeah, it's so comfortable. Here's a question: Immediately after you come, do you want to like collapse and lay, or do you get talking? Like, what happens to you? Usually, it's like a collapse and lay thing. Yeah, I don't really want to talk too much. I want to just like enjoy the feeling of relaxing. Do you need to clean up first, or can you cuddle right away? Like, can you cuddle messy? I think it depends on the situation. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> After doing anal, it was like, let's clean up and then cuddle. Yeah, yeah. Also, at the same time, there was 
toys everywhere that were dirty that were in the way of the bed. So we needed to move those to cuddle. However, like after sex and oh, you should, condoms, mm-hmm. protection, different condoms feel different ways. <gasps> Tell us. So like the Trojan condoms, they come in a gold wrapper. They are a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. but they are super comfortable Okay. and they go on easy every time. I think they're called one brand, like one condoms or one, one branded. Yeah. They're a little bit smaller for me. The latex itself feels super thin. I haven't had one break to my memory, but they're small and they're tight and I don't like them. They're free and they're given out at all the sex clinics in Canada, but they don't work for me. Yeah, that's a bummer. When you got a little bit bigger, then that's... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> be yeah. My partner found these condoms. I don't remember the brand, but they had like a hexagon pattern on them. I think they're called Hex. Hex. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, most comfortable condom I've ever worn. I picked up these condoms called Jif Tip. J-I-F-T-I-P. Um, basically, it's a condom that covers just the tip of the penis. It's up to you to buy them and convince your partner to try them. Yeah, for what? <laughs> I recommend you try it. The way it works is basically it just covers the tip of the penis where semen comes out. It's just a little like band-aid, an, an egg-shaped band-aid that goes on the tip of the penis. In the middle, there's an expanding reservoir that when he ejaculates, it basically balloons up and fills. So you clean the tip of the penis with isopropyl alcohol. They give you a wipe in that little package. And then you press this thing on and rub it until the outer layer of plastic comes off. And you're safe to have sex because it'll get trapped in the, the tip condom. But it's basically bare skin. Now, here, here's the user guide. It says blowjobs made simple right on the front. So I think it's intended for blowjobs. It says it doesn't protect against STIs and HIV and stuff. It isn't FDA approved officially. That seems like a great solution for partners who maybe know each other and have a level of trust built up and are looking for sensation thing and are worried about primarily pregnancy. I would not use that without at least a visual inspection and <laughs> knowing the person. I have used them. Now, I think I paid like 15 or 20 bucks for like the test package, which came with like two of each different style and there's three different styles like medium small and large reservoir sizes how do you know what reservoir size to use for your load i used one jerking off and it's an interesting experience because like it's kind of tight you ejaculate and it fills up but it's almost a tight experience it's pushing back down wow. your urethra. and the way that you, the instructions say to take it off is you have to basically just pee into it oh and then whoa. peel it off they sell an oil that helps remove it easier but I'm not going to buy another Was that super sensitive after you came? It is very sensitive, yes. It's almost painful to take it off because of how sticky the glue is. Ooh, that could be really good for masochists. (laughs) It could be, yeah, it could be. But, like, that's also a warning for people that are super sensitive. I was going to say. It can hurt taking it off. It may not be the right Take your time. Go slow. What did it look like? I'm sure you weren't thinking about what it looked like. I thought, um, ah, it's, I it's like a white bubble. It's a white bubble. But as it grows, like, I feel like it must have been so cool to watch it happen while you were masturbating. Yeah. Have you ever blown bubbles in, like, soapy water? I sure have. Lots of bubbles. It's just like, it's just like that. That's so cool. But it's filled with white juice, you know. But you're feeling a <laughs> sensation at the same time. That's yeah, super like you're feeling cool. A sensation. Yeah. Okay. I have used one or two of them with partners before. Yeah. And the feeling compared to a, a standard traditional, like, over the whole penis condom yeah. is very different. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It feels like bare skin. Yeah. It feels like raw sex, but it's protected somewhat. Cool. Oh my gosh. What about sexting or nudes? I like sexting. Sexting's hot. When you can keep the sexting up, but then like go back and forth between a regular conversation and sexting, that's, that's even better. Yeah. Because like the human brain is so amazing. If I can have a conversation through text 
but then be sexting to like Facebook Messenger or something. But have both of those chats going with one person or even a couple <laughs> conversations going. Like that's that's so much fun. I haven't sexted much recently. It's, it's something that I want to do. The partner I'm with right now, my main partner, does like to sext and send nudes. However, I don't like receiving nudes at work. Makes sense. Because I don't want to risk a coworker or my employer overseeing a nude I was sent. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's part shame-related because it's something that, that's at work. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I need my job. And if I were to get fired over a nude because I'm sexting at work, Totally. <laughs> that would go back onto my partner as well. And then yeah. I don't want them to feel responsible for that. So, totally. Like, yeah, I prefer the nudes and stuff to be kept like outside of work. But I'm just saying, you could get one of those apps where you have to unlock it and you know it's just for nudes if they text you there. I'm just, and then you could sneak That's away. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing out ideas. <laughs> one of the people I'm, I guess, dating sent me a top half nude recently and it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Do you have sex dreams? I have had them, yes. I don't have them much anymore, but that's probably because I masturbate before I go to sleep most of the time. Who knows? Do you come in them? Not that I can remember. I don't think I have. Got it. Okay, so going forward, what other fantasies would you like to fulfill or what hopes do you have in general for your sex life? I hope that it stays as active as it is or becomes more active because sex is great. I want to have more of it. I want it to be safe. Fantasies, I definitely want to visit Oasis explore some voyeurism and more threesomes foursomes multiple sums just like play parties of people i want to find some either multiple or just one even male partner that i'm attracted to and comfortable engaging sexually in the male partner my partner is living with currently isn't my type and as fun as they are to be around and like watch i don't feel sexually compatible completely i had a threesome with them but i don't know yeah. There are play partners and then there are like lovers. And for me, they're not necessarily this like my play partner may be my lover for a night, but they're not necessarily a lover that I'm going to have a deeper connection with. And so I can totally understand wanting the different experience. Yeah, I did meet someone new today, actually, that my partner's roommate, I guess I can say, in the polycool is dating. Now, that threesome that I had with my partner's roommate led to a lot of talk about my penis. And my partner's roommate's partner and this new person both want to see my penis. I'm sure they do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, great. I met this person today. I had no idea who they were before today. Yep. And I find out at the end of today that they want to see me naked. I mean, (laughs) I get it. I get it. I personally have many fantasies about you know, getting into poly kind of relationships where then somebody else is just playing matchmaker for me so that I can have play friends (laughs) without doing the hard social parts. And I wanted to ask you that too. How is dating for you? You're doing it actively. You're on all these different apps. And how is it for you? It's interesting because like I have a car and I'm, I'm one of the people in my circles that travels for my people. I'm willing to go the distance for someone that I care about. Yeah. I'm going on dates with someone that is roughly halfway in between my main partner and me. I've been on one date with someone that lives in the same city as me and is like a 30 minute walk from where I am right now. And like, I want everybody to meet everybody and everybody to be involved with everyone at some point. Cause like I'm attracted to these people and they're also claiming that they are bisexual or open to polyamory. And if they are, I would like them to be introduced to my partners as well. So yeah, yeah I need to be with them long enough to have the conversations about what I do with my current partner to see if they're open to that as well. 
So it sounds like you're navigating the dating app world pretty well and you're not totally overwhelmed by it. I'm trying to like, I'm kind of calming down a little bit now that I'm going on dates with two more people. But as far as it is, like I'm navigating it pretty well. COVID is tough. Yeah. I caught a couple weeks ago at a concert yeah. with one of my best friends. Ugh, I'm so sorry. And it wasn't fun. However, I caught it and tested positive within the right time span mm-hmm. to still go on my camping trip with another best friend of mine. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wanted to tell you about this. I went on a hiking trip. Me and my friend hiked about 100 kilometers up north in northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. When you're up that far north, as far as we were, there's no one else around. Yeah. So when you get to your campsite, you are fully capable of dropping everything, getting naked, and setting up all your stuff naked in the woods. Wow. And then just jerking off to the sunset. Oh my gosh. You've done it? Did you do it? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. A couple times that trip. That is so cool. Okay. I wanted to ask you, do you have fantasies about like like have you fucked people like that's the best masturbation ever but like is camping like separate from sex for you or in your perfect world would you be having like outdoor sex all the time i want to have outdoor sex more often and my current partner actually recently went out and bought a tent so we can go and have sex while camping i want to have tent sex i've only had like camper van sex i've done hand stuff in a hammock but sex in a hammock is difficult because hammocks are, you know, there's weight ratings and limits. And... Yeah, but hand stuff in a hammock is a book you need to write. <laughs> it's a great title. <laughs> uh, I went to a handful of um, music festivals this summer where there were like two or three day events where like I drive to the middle of nowhere and set up a whole like backpack of camping gear. Because I have a hammock, it's what I went camping in at these festivals. So I set up a hammock in the woods and then take drugs and go dance to music. But yeah, my current partner wants to go out to these festivals with me. And like this, uh, it's called Psytrance music is what I've been kind of listening to. And like fuck to the beat of this Psytrance music in the woods. Cool. Oh, that's so cool. Because like these people, like they bring massive speakers and DJ booths to the forest with generators and just listen to music for 48 to 64 hours, like straight, like days on end of just endless music and partying and celebration and like just love and light fuck yeah and there are so many tents and hammocks and people just having a good time together there's gotta be people fucking in tents everywhere there's gotta be i feel like that's gotta be a whole magical collection of it and that seems like a place where you definitely could set up your hand job hammocks and learn about more cocks that's what i would want to do Maybe that, that'll be the new thing on the play ship. There's a hammock attachment so that I can do a hammock hand jobs just to meet all the new penises. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lastly, if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Probably go back to 18 or 19 right when I started college and tell myself all about consent and... I think you were starting the podcast right around when I was starting college. So I'd probably tell myself about the podcast. Um, Yeah. I'd say, like, don't be afraid to explore your inner desires. Like, I think I'd tell myself more about who I've discovered I am Mm. now that I'm a few years older. Like, don't be afraid to go be with a guy. Like, it's there's no shame in it. People are people. And if you want to fuck people, go fuck people. Fuck yeah. Oh, I love that. Fuck them friendly. I love it. Just do it safe and do it responsibly and respectfully. Fuck yeah. Caleb, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thank you. It was great being here.
Do you have a sex question for me? What was it like when you first met your master? Like when you first went for that initial date? And like, what was the conversation on FetLife like when it first started? 